Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cabling Podcast. Today, we're here with uh, Comscope's Jason Bautista uh, Solutions uh, architect for the uh, enterprise uh, side of things at uh, Comscope. Uh, welcome, uh, Jason. Thank and you, Matt. Absolutely. And uh, Jason was actually uh, on our uh, airwaves, uh, so to speak, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Jason with a very well attended uh, webcast uh, on uh, everything you need to know about CAT 6A. Um, so we figured I wanted to uh, follow up with you here uh, on the podcast and uh, just uh, quiz you a bit more about uh, CAT 6A since it's such a uh, perennial topic of uh, interest uh, for our for our audience and uh, for our pages and uh, and just kind of take it from there. So the first question I wanted to ask you, Jason, about CAT 6A is uh, CAT 6A, as you noted in your uh, webcast, has been around uh, for a while. I think it's since 2008, you said? Or... 2009 is uh, when you start, start seeing the, the standards kind of, but before that, Comscope kind of um, released our extended solution, which was based around that future looking of um, six and going further than that, which eventually became augmented six or class EA, what do you want to call it? But it's been around for quite some time. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And like, if you, if I was going to ask you for like the top, you know, two or three advancements, you know, or the, you know, signatory uh, things, uh, developments to come from the uh, CAT 6A uh, technology up to the present date, uh, you know, in terms of compatible products and applications. Uh, what, you know, what's the thinking? What's, what's the latest and great? I mean, I think our audience might know a lot of this, but I think it's valuable sure. just to get it out in a conversational forum. It, it, it's really kind of the, uh, the, the, the way that we work and live now, it's kind of changed. And uh, the thing that has really kind of crossed over is what the compute that we have personally, whether it be your laptops and, and, um, or cell phones or tablets, and how much data they're able to churn through. And because they are so advanced now, the connectivity is super important. And so the, the thing that comes first and foremost to most people's minds when it comes to just CAT 6A is gonna be that high speed and low latency type connectivity. Now, not necessarily directly connected to your device, right? We're not going around with ethernet jacks on our, sm on our smartphones, right? But the, the enablement of some of the wireless technologies, in the, especially in the last five years, right? It's been a pretty astronomical growth in terms of what wireless technology can pro provide to, to, a, to a desktop or even to a, a, a handheld device. For a long time, wireless was, you know, a wired alternative that was a little bit less than a wired connection. And now we're starting to see some of the wireless technologies becoming truly an alternative to wired, uh, a wired desktop. You know, we're seeing multi-gigabits being delivered down there. Now, just because that's wireless doesn't mean that there are no wires involved. And this is, again, where CAT 6A comes into play. Into play. That multi-gigabit, high-speed, low-latency connectivity is being still delivered by that CAT 6A to the wireless access point, which our devices connect to, or to an in-building wireless or DAS system, which uh, uh, some of our cellular connections are, are connected to as well. So those are some of the things that come first and foremost. And then uh, the second thing that I, I think comes to mind is uh, the distribution of power 
that is something that's really kind of evolved over the last few years, right? We started off with small 15 watt power delivery. Now we're up to 90 watts and 6A based off of just the size of the cable and the way it handles heat dissipation and what we can do across the, the four copper pairs that are inside the cable itself lends itself to POE really well. And th those two things in combination kind of start enabling what I call this, um, the cycle of hyperconnectivity. I, I can connect a device uh, with high speed and low latency, and then I can power said device as well with the same connection, connect, a connective point. And then as that application becomes more prevalent, we start seeing other devices. Sometimes we're seeing, uh, we're going back to thin clients. So I'm gonna kind of date myself. Remember a thin <laughs> client, I remember you, that. you know, don't necessarily have an, an operating system on there, but it was a network connected terminal. We're going back to, so there's some enterprises that are going back to that because there's security and uniformity IP phones. There's no power there for it anymore. It is a single uh, ethernet connection point to start powering some of those applications. So the, the, the high speed, low latency, and the powering portion of it are really kind of the big, big applications that really push 6A to the forefront at this mm -hmm. point. And it's not necessarily that 6A is that that manufacturers like Comscope are saying we're not going to support or manufacture some of the older category cable. It's not that at all because there are still a lot of a lot of consumption of that older category cable. What we're seeing is a shift in the marketplace and the adoption of technology. Right. And once that technology is adopted and deployed, it really starts pressing on what it is that you deploy from an infrastructure standpoint. And it kind of brings 6A to the forefront, like I said. Sorry. Excellent. Uh, thank you for uh, clarifying that. Uh, as long as uh, you're here, uh, I have to ask you it's a question that I've seen uh, asked online. And uh, Particularly, I guess, as we're thinking about um, different applications like smart buildings and industrial, I wanted mm -hmm. to get a real drill down from you on the different uh, use cases, uh, because I've seen other ask, others asked about the difference between a CAT6A shielded versus when to use CAT6A unshielded. It's, it's a, it is an evergreen topic, uh, I think is what I would, I'll call it. And um, in, in my years in the industry, uh, I think the, I think probably the, the way that I would go about it is that for most, most purposes and most applications, unshielded or UTP 6A will fit the bill for pretty much most of the applications. Uh, there are going to be some applications where you probably have some more harsh environments that could affect performance whether it be uh, EMI or noise, all these things that can come into play and shielding and extra shielding could potentially help in those applications, those environments. Uh, to what extent that is gonna be very location, installation, uh, application dependent. And the way that we address that at Comscope is we probably have one of the largest organizations of field engineers uh, in, the, in, you know, in the world and all of them are really smart guys and, and gals, and they know the ins and outs of a lot of these applications in, by a regional basis. And so what we encourage our customers to do is to reach out to your local Comscope engineer to help go over testing requirements, application design, and then also just cable design and what application and what, what uh, um, solution sets makes the most sense for that application. 
and it might surprise you. Unshielded probably works out just as well as if you thought with the shielded application, or there will be times where you're like, no, I need to have shielded based off of regional requirement, right? So those are things that we also have to take into account. And luckily for us, and I'm, 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 on the, I'm driving the bus, right? I'm driving the Comscope bus. Luckily for Comscope, we have great solutions on both the shielded and unshielded side of things when it comes to 6A. Okay, uh, understood, and thanks for that. And a um, couple more questions for you. Um, I don't know if this is the best way to phrase it, but what will be or will there be um, an upper limit for what CAT 6A cabling can handle in terms of uh, future speed, distance, uh, Wi-Fi uh, standards. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we started off the discussion talking about how long the technology's uh, been around uh, presently. Um, you know, is that upper limit idea useful to think about? Uh, you know, is there a uh, ceiling? And I, your response on this is gonna lead me into my next question, but I'll just uh, leave it there. Sure, um, I think, I think the, uh, the safe thing to say uh, is that all the standards around Ethernet are based on a 10 gig, 100 meter channel, right? And from a 10 gig, 100 meter channel, category 6A probably is the most bang for the buck when it comes to applications supporting 10 gig in that 100 meter channel, uh, whether it be power data or power and data together. Um, are we pushing the upper limits of the delivery of copper cable when it comes to bandwidth to devices. We have not seen uh, electrical, you know, uh, Ethernet really kind of in the enterprise push into above the 10 gig realm, right? Once we kind of, there's this magical threshold that happens around 25 gig, uh, 50, you know, 40, 50, 100, where pretty much everyone just defaults over to fiber for, for long. And then the thing about fiber is that it gets you the longer distances, right? Because optics can go pretty far. You can, there are, they're expensive, but, but you have optics and go 80 kilometers and there's no way that you're going to do 80 kilometers in a building unless you have a very large building, then that, that would be pretty impressive. You'd be touching the, the stratosphere there. But uh, uh, when it comes to that though, there is a trade-off, right? We don't have, a per circuit power delivery like we do when it comes to ethernet would power over ethernet. So when we talk about upper limits and we talk about speeds, on the electrical side on ethernet, we're looking at 10 gig, 100 meter channel. If we're looking at more than that from a distribution standpoint, it, now we start talking about network architectures and what makes the most sense for the data delivery, the power delivery, and the distribution of the connection points. So then we might look at different architectures that are gonna maybe branch off from our our traditional TR to uh, a zone with I have all my cables coming down or going into uh, uh, where my access points are and the channels that look like I might have more distribution uh, that has more fiber. I might have uh, distributed architectures some star topologies that come up, but those are things that we have to look at as we try to make this delicate balance of power and data delivery across our structured cabling systems. Thank you for addressing that because I was going to ask you about the, uh, the coexistence of uh, Copper Cat 6A with uh, fiber. But uh, another uh, point I have to ask you about, and people were asking about this on, on the webcast that I was just on, it's uh, 
Somebody wanted to know what about using cat seven and above in lieu of cat six, say, will that ever happen? Why don't, you know, we hear about cat seven, but we don't see it out there. What people want to know, you know, what the difference is, almost like why is there a cat seven when six uh, A is really, you know, obviously what the story is or has been. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of history that goes into it and uh, out of a lot of them are kind of like parallel paths to the same destination is where it, where, where it kind of lines out. 6A had been out for a long, or 6 had been out for a long, long time and 7 was trying to target the same delivery of that 10 gig channel. Uh, essentially, 6A is what the, the is what came out of the standards and, uh, and has become predominantly the, the market leader, not just from Comscope, but right globally, the market leader when it comes to this type of application. Um, CAT7 is a shielded solution for the most part, or actually completely shielded solution. And also to have that whole category seven channel, it uses a different connector that's not an RJ45 connector. It's a, it's a specific connector for that. Um, it can fit into RJ, RJ, um, outlets, so to speak, but when you're using that, you really want to mate, just like any of the, the, our architecture where we, we put together any of our cabling systems, you want to put all the same type of cable together in order to get that channel performance. Um, the other thing that we see that, that CAT7, uh, and then we're going to get in the weeds a little bit here. So the, the, the transmission frequency that CAT7 was designed up to go up to was about 600 megahertz, right? And when we look at the, that 6A, 6A then is, was designed to reach the speeds in the channel at 500 megahertz. And so when we talk about, and, and RF is RF, regardless whether it's across the wire or the air, right? More bandwidth, the more RF frequency I have, potentially I have more speed I can get out of that. But when you look at the difference between 500 megahertz and 600 megahertz, there's not a lot of performance uh, gainer that you get between 6A and 7. So for the most part, and so there, there are areas where CAT7 is really strong, uh, specifically where there are shielded, shielded applications that are required. Um, a lot of them uh, tend to be in Europe at this point, but we don't have a lot of adoption of CAT7 in, in the NAR region. Uh, globally, you'll see 6A probably has the, well, it has the most market share now when it comes to cable uh, across the globe. Um, 5E is starting to drop off. Uh, we still have a pretty steady look at 6. Cat 7 is really small, small part of that marketplace. And then when you want to go, there's then you go the step above, right? Because uh, bigger numbers mean better technically, right? 4G to 5G, uh, Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 7, all those things. You have Cat 8. Right, and, and CAT8 was designed to work actually for those 40 gig channels, but it's at a really short distance. So when it comes to traditional enterprise cabling for workstation cabling or device cabling from a TR, the distance isn't there because it, it maxes out at about 30 meters and only allows for two connection points. Whereas we have a four connection point channel when it comes to our, our, our CAT6A applications. So those are, there are different applications that those kind of focus on they're kind of niche at this point. And CAT8 in the data center, really that was kind of for the server for the server to switch connective connection. But what we've seen with data center speeds kind of evolving rapidly is that those went to DACs and AOCs and fibers really yeah. quickly rather than strat 
rather than category cable. And so, and the, a 40 gig attachment right now sounds great <laughs> in a lot of data centers. You're like, hey man, that's really fast. You know, hyperscalers have blown past that already. They're doing server attached at 100 gig here. And, and they're looking at AOCs and fiber at that point. And, and the only time you see, uh, ironically, the only time you see category um, copper cable being used in the data center, it isn't necessarily for a server switch connection or switch to switch connection, it's for out-of-bound management. And there are a lot of standards around there where because of the 10 gig and the performance in the channel, they recommend 6A for the out-of-band management network in the data center. <laughs> that is an, that is uh, an awesome uh, distinction uh, within the about the stuff within the data center. Uh, thanks for for bringing that out. Um, I guess uh, to wrap up, I mean, it seems like if you're going to say there was any one uh, killer application for Cat Six A, it's been you know Wi-Fi Six, Wi-Fi Six E stuff like this. But looking at the, uh, we've been covering a lot for cabling, uh, the emerging uh, sensor networks uh, for IoT sure. and smart buildings and industrial. Uh, what do you see as the the role of uh, Cat Six A being in in these uh, environments as as they're built and come out? So the, the thing about IoT is, is uh, just like anything else, right? There are standards and IoT has many of them. So the connectivity, whether, you know, even if they say it's a, it's a 2.4 gigahertz wireless connection, it's like, well, which one? You have Zigbee, you have Bluetooth, you have Wi-Fi, you have all kinds of these things. So there are a lot of underlying uh, connect, connection uh, uh, types that have with the IoT networks. Um, I think from a, from a 6A, strictly speaking from a 6A perspective, it's going to be supporting the network transport for those devices as they consolidate into like a gateway or a hub of some sort in order to transport across a network. Um, in a future looking perspective, one of the things that is in the standards bodies right now is single pair ethernet which has some interesting applications around it. And there are two versions. And this is where a lot of people get kind of confused. There's a long, I, I know, uh, it's like 10, 10 base T dash. Uh, well, it has a, it's a, it's TL, right? It's long, uh, it's like a thousand meters, right? And it sounds great. It's like, I can go a thousand meters on a single pair. And you think about that application, it's like that is, an interesting application, but it's limited in how the usefulness of it, because in any category or any cabling installation, it's not the material cost that costs you, it's the labor cost. So think about the labor involved in pulling a thousand feet of cable in one shot, right? It is, it's, it, you know, you start looking at where the trade-offs are there. And where we can see that is in a, a, a hub, right? A spoke that has multiple of these controllers coming out go a thousand feet and then I can connect them. And those are direct connections typically. But the one that becomes really interesting is the dash S, which is a shorter link, which is about 30 meters really. And when you look at the, the that, that it's like, oh, that's a direct replacement for some of these, these bus connections, these two wire serial connections that are being used today. And so what makes that interesting is that now the entire application stack is built off of ethernet frames and ethernet transport. So software development is unified, all these other things. And that's really interesting. And then, and then back in that, in, in either case, what we're gonna see is that that backhaul is probably gonna be four pair ethernet and 6A is gonna be the one that gets you the probably the power delivery to get to that 
that controller, as well as the uh, more than enough bandwidth to have that controller either daisy chain multiple controllers and multiple devices, because eventually all that data comes together. It might be bits, you know, small packets here and there, but if they all come at once and they all come together, you still want to have a pipe that can handle that without any errors, without any latency that can cause it. Because when we're looking at sensor networks, most of these are live networks that you want to get real-time information from. And so those are the things that you want to get. And so category 6A cabling will be that basis of that communications plane from the main gateways, the main controllers coming back into that OT network. And that OT network is probably more than likely an IT network, kind of like your IP phones, the, 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 the cameras and, and stuff that we have around buildings now. All those used to be, you know, facilities run, you know, PBX, analog, analog camera. Now it's all IP. It's an IT network. And same thing is going to happen as we start moving a lot of these building systems into that Ethernet or IP uh, realm. They become IT assets as well. And so those are those are probably the ways that I see cabling um, impacting IT, OT, those those type of sensor networks um, in the in the coming years. Great stuff. A very insightful. Uh answers. Uh, Comscope's Jason Bautista, thank you for joining us on the Cabling Podcast. Hey, thank you, Matt, for having me.